following program is a presentation of Taylor Productions. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Easy Speak podcast, episode number three, the podcast devoted to children's speech and language needs. This is Reed Taylor, and I'm your host for this program. Today, we'll take a look at some of the symptoms of a language impairment in school-age children. But before I get to that, I'd like to thank each one of the Easy Speak podcast listeners out there. Your comments have been so encouraging and helpful in the planning of each episode. I'm especially heartened by the fact that some really thoughtful questions and comments are coming in from teachers and parents. Questions that I'm using to drive this program. Thank you so much. I must offer an apology to all who have left comments and questions because I haven't gotten to reply to each one just yet. The truth is that I had no idea that so many people would write in so soon after the birth of Easy Speak Podcast. Obviously, the word is out, and our podcast family is growing. This is very exciting, and knowing that so many of you care about children with speech and language impairments warms my heart. Thank you, and I intend to post a response to each comment shortly. Check back from time to time to see my responses. Now, as I have said, your comments will help me as I plan each show. The following comment and question came in from Lindsay Dolan of New Jersey City University. Lindsay writes, "Wonderful podcast, Dr. Taylor. You provided so much useful information for classroom teachers who can at times feel as if they are at a loss when it comes to speech and language impairments." I was a paraprofessional at a special education school, and at times I would improvise and use things we had in the classroom to help children with their speech. For example, I would hold a student's snack by his lips and ask him to touch it with his tongue in order to make a sound, so that he could try to gain awareness of his tongue. Do you have any recommendations of various things? Teachers can do in order to support the work that SLPs do with students. Thanks, Lindsay. Well, Lindsay, thank you for the compliment, and I'm glad you're getting something out of this show. As for your great question, I have lots of ideas about how classroom teachers can help support the work of the speech language pathologist. In fact, your question has given me a good idea. In order to address your question, I'm planning to record an episode of this podcast at New Jersey City University with a special guest by the name of Dr. Patricia Yakobachi, who is also a speech language pathologist. She and I have been talking about doing a show together, but we've had difficulty coming up with a topic. Thanks to you, Lindsay, I now have a great topic to propose. But I'd like to take it a step further. Instead of just talking about what teachers can do to support the efforts of the SLP, we'll also discuss things that the SLP can do to support the classroom teacher who has students with speech language impairments. Now, I'm not sure when I can book Dr. Yakobachi for the show, but when I have everything settled, I'll reach out to you to let you know when the episode has been posted to the internet. 
I'm very excited about recording that show, and I have Lindsay Dolan to thank for the inspiration. Thank you, Lindsay. Now, during my last episode, I mentioned that I would talk a bit about the symptoms of a language impairment in school-age children. For this episode, I'll address symptoms of receptive language problems in children. But what is a receptive language problem? Simply put, a child who has a receptive language problem has difficulty comprehending or understanding what is said to him. His hearing is fine. He hears you talking to him, but he doesn't seem to comprehend what is said to him. Now, although his hearing may be intact, he has trouble attaching meaning to what he hears. Such a youngster is at great risk for academic and social failure if his problem is not addressed immediately. I have no doubt that all teachers and parents would agree with that statement. But how would a teacher or parent know when to make a referral to an SLP? Are there specific behaviors that one should be aware of? Red flags? Warning signs? Well, yes. Just as certain illnesses have warning signs, there are symptoms of language problems in school-age children. For now, let's examine receptive language problems. What are some symptoms of a receptive language problem? Classroom teachers and parents should be concerned if they observe one or more of the following symptoms. Number one. Have you noticed that the child has problems understanding stories that you have read to him? He can't answer easy questions about the plot or the characters in the story. He may even seem not very interested during story time. It's possible that he has difficulty concentrating for even simple age-appropriate listening activities. This may suggest a receptive language problem. Number two. Does the child have difficulty understanding a story that he has read either to you or to himself? Number three. Have you noticed that the child will often shy away from most or all forms of social interactions, preferring instead to play alone? Number four. How is the child's memory? Does he seem rather forgetful? When you send him on an errand, does he frequently forget what he was supposed to do? When you give him simple two- or three-step directions, does he remember only the last step, if he remembers that? Number five. Does the child have problems communicating with his peers because he often misunderstands what has been said to him? Number six. When you tell the child something to do, does he seem to wait a beat or two before attempting to follow your directions? Number seven. Does the child first look around to see what the other children are doing before he follows directions that you've given to the class? Eight. Have you noticed that the child seems to be pretending to know what to do uh, as he performs the task incorrectly? Number nine. Is this child the so-called class clown? Does he fool around most often after you have given spoken directions to the class or to him specifically? 10. Are there times when the child responds appropriately to you, 
but other times when his responses appear to be inappropriate? 11. When you require that the child participate in listening activities, does he seem to fatigue easily? Does he appear bored, tired, distracted by extraneous visual or auditory stimuli? 12. When you are speaking to the child, do you notice a blank stare on his face, suggesting that he does not comprehend what you are saying? 13. Does the fast-paced, back-and-forth nature of the typical conversation seem to frustrate this child? 14. Does the child have problems comprehending words that have more than one meaning? 15. Have you noticed that the child has problems acquiring new, age-appropriate vocabulary? 16. When the child engages in conversation with you, have you noticed that his responses have little or nothing to do with your question or comment? 17. Is this child frustrated by jokes, riddles, rhymes that his age mates enjoy? And number 18. Have you noticed that the child often echoes your question or statement right before he responds or instead of responding appropriately? If you answered yes to any one or more of these questions, your student or child may have a language problem that should be addressed by an ASHA-certified SLP for an examination. But please, do not panic. A yes to any of these questions does not indicate a language impairment, but only suggests that there may be a problem that needs to be evaluated before it increases in severity, adversely affecting the academic and social development of the child. Let the SLP know any details about the symptoms you've been observing. When did you start seeing the behavior? Under what circumstances do, do the symptoms emerge? How often does the child have problems with communicating with his peers? How long have the symptoms been appearing? How is the child doing academically? How well does the child interact with his age mates? Also, let the SLP know if the symptoms appear only in certain settings or in all settings. Together, you and the SLP will perform the necessary detective work to determine the child's problem and provide the appropriate intervention. You may even discover that there is a medical basis for the child's behavior, such as recurrent otitis media, for which a referral to a physician will be required. Maybe a few modifications in the classroom setting will help the child. Perhaps language therapy will be the best solution. In any event, because of your keen eyes and ears, you could very well be the difference between a child getting the assessment and intervention that he needs or a child falling through the cracks. Be a child's hero. If you suspect a language problem, trust your instincts and speak up. Have a conversation with an SLP and be the one to make a real difference in a child's life. Well, it's time for me to bring this edition of Easy Speak Podcast to a close. Next time, we'll take a look at the symptoms of an expressive language problem in school-age children. Your questions and comments are important, 
so keep them coming in, and I'll work diligently to respond as quickly as possible. Thank you for listening to the Easy Speak podcast, and that's a wrap. <laughs>